doing a podcast, you should definitely not just think about it, but give it a try, right? There's huge audiences who spend a lot of time in their podcast apps every day. Everybody's looking for a great story and everybody's looking to dive deep on something, which is something that podcasts are particularly great at. Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in the weeds expertise with today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guest by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. We help B2B companies launch revenue-generating podcasts. We schedule interviews between you and your ideal prospects and strategic partners. You show up for engaging conversations. We handle everything else. Ready to build a podcast that grows your business in just one hour per week? Reach out to us at contentallies.com. Do you employ or pay workers in other countries? Even if you don't yet, you might soon. Now that remote work is the norm, employees have more freedom than ever to move around. If you want to keep the best people, you have to stay flexible. That's why remote makes it easy for companies of all sizes to employ global teams. They take care of international payroll, benefits, taxes, and local compliance, so you can focus less on paperwork and more on growing your business. Remote helps you onboard full-time employees or contractors in countries all over the world in minutes on its simple, easy-to-use platform. And even better, Remote helps you rest easy by providing you the most comprehensive intellectual property protection and data security in the industry. They own full local legal entities in all their covered regions, guaranteeing you never have to deal with a third party ever. To save you money, Remote never charges any fees or salary percentages. You get access to everything Remote offers from payroll to compliance and to benefits management for one low flat rate. No hidden fees, no surprises ever. Just the best global employment solution in the business. Best of all, podcast listeners get an even bigger discount. Get your first employee free for 12 months and two months free for any additional employees onboarded during their first year. You can get 50% off Remote's full suite of global employment solutions for your first employee for three months. Just visit remote.com leaders and use the promo code leaders. Hey there, leaders, and welcome back to another episode of the Leaders of B2B podcast. Today, I have Dave Zorab on the show uh, of Chartable. And Dave, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on here uh, as a customer of Chartable and love what you guys are doing. Find it really fascinating and interesting what you guys have built. Um, but for anyone in the audience who doesn't know what Chartable is, can you give us the quick overview? For sure. So Chartable is a podcast analytics and attribution platform. So we help podcast creators uh, and podcast publishers. So that could be you know, a B2B business with their own internal podcast, external podcast, or a huge publisher like NPR or Barstool or something. We help them uh, understand and grow their audiences and measure the impact of their audience on their business. And then we also help podcast advertisers figure out if the ads they're buying on podcasts are um, moving the needle on their bottom line. That's awesome. That's amazing. And uh, it's, it's a big problem. Uh, you know, we're, you know, we're in the podcasting space and we've seen this and that the attribution is quite challenging. And I'm curious, I guess, how did you stumble upon this problem or first get into this? Yeah. So my co-founder and I were, we had quit our last jobs and we're trying to find something interesting to work on. And while we were exploring that, we ended up starting a podcast ourselves, which was a daily tech news podcast, just as an experiment. And we quickly, you know, we launched it and we got listeners right away, which is cool. Uh, it doesn't ever really happen. 
we realized that we had no idea where these folks were coming from or like how to get more listeners and what was working or not working. And so we just kind of fell down the podcast rabbit hole of like, wow, this is like amazing that this medium that, you know, at the time had been around for almost 15 years now, well, more than 15 years um, was so difficult to understand, you know, measurement impact, like what, what, who's listening, you know, how they got there, what, you know, what they do afterwards. So th- those are the problems that we've been solving basically since day one of Chartable. It's amazing. And I'm curious because, you know, when I look at your guys' product and what you guys have built, there's a, a lot to it. There's a lot of different facets, um, features, and you guys are coming out with more. What was the evolution of this look like? You know, what was you know, this as an MVP and like how, how did, how did it look? What was the kind of trajectory of this, of the product roadmap sure. there? Yeah, the, our first version was the, the pattern match for us was to App Annie. So for anyone working in the mobile space, like App Annie emerged soon after Apple launched the App Store in 2008 uh, as an analytics and kind of like industry in, uh, intelligence dashboard for mobile apps. They would help you as a developer kind of get your reports from the different app platforms and ad networks all in one place. And that's pretty similar to what you know the first version of Chartable did. We you know grabbed charts and reviews from uh, Apple and Spotify and other platforms and you know started grabbing consumption data from uh, those platforms as well started measuring download data as well a few months into it and basically just trying to get podcast data all in one place for creators and publishers. Uh, and we've really just kind of listened to our users since then, you know, figuring out what's important to them. What are the next like big challenges, big problems that we should be solving? Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and, and, and I'm curious, you know, you mentioned kind of like app Annie as a parallel for your guys kind of, um, venture. I'm curious, you know, were you, were you looking at them um, when you guys started and saying, Hey, we want to be the app Annie of podcasting was that kind of how I you mean, guys that was like our it? original pitch. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's changed <laughs> a lot since then you asked about the evolution. Like we quickly realized that, um, you know, mobile apps were created by, you know, app developers who tend to be like much more quantitative than the average podcaster is, you know, maybe it's just because computer engineers are quantitative by nature who can say, but you know, when we went out to try to get podcasters to use our you know, the first version of Chartable, the charts and review stuff like connected for sure, like pretty quickly. But when we started talking about, oh, like you can use this data to like put together a marketing campaign, we realized that we had to, we had to do a lot of work to help people actually, you know, solve their problems. Like they aren't going to be able to take that data. If we just put data in front of them, it's not enough. We have to be able to help them actually solve their problems. So that's when we started creating tools like smart links, which are uh, marketing links for podcasts to tell you not just how many clicks a link gets, but how many downloads come in through a particular link. And um, we also did uh, p- smart promo attribution, which is podcast to podcast attribution. If you listen to podcasts, of course, you hear a lot of ads for other podcasts. We help uh, publishers measure the effect- effectiveness of those. And then um, you know, our users asked us to help them understand the value of the ads themselves, like podcast advertisements for, you know, for example, mattress companies, a classic podcast advertiser. And so we built a whole at- attribution suite for that kind of advertiser to help them understand if their ads are working. And when we, you know, looked at Chartable in the B2B context, we realized that a lot of the tools we had built for other use cases like mattress brands uh, could be useful for folks who have a podcast for their own business uh, as a form of content marketing. So the same stack that we built for mattress.com, if you will, not that we actually work with mattress.com. I don't know if there is a mattress.com could also be used for you know, a bank or a software company that has a podcast to promote their business to try to measure whether or not the podcast is having an effect on their business. Yes, I love that. And one of the features that 
the feature that sold me on you guys was the uh, what I call is like the lead feeder for podcasting uh, version, where we could you could basically in B two B see a list of the companies that were you know listening to your podcast. Like I saw that and I was like, yes, <laughs> like <laughs> that is like that is like what every B two B company wants, and so it's really cool. And and I guess you you talk about you know listening to your users and stuff like that. I, like what does that actually look like from like a process implementation standpoint implementation standpoint is that just through your support are you consistently doing like you know customer panels like how do you actually gather that feedback and incorporate that to the team yeah uh great question our users are not shy about sharing <laughs> feedback good or bad so we're always getting stuff uh into our inboxes you know for our enterprise clients you know we have uh account management team that's checking in with them frequently and the weed feeder type feature which is a partnership that we uh, put together with uh, Clearbit, who's a you know leading provider of firmographic data. That feature came out because a customer of ours asked for it. And we said, oh, wait a second, this is a great idea. Let's see if we can actually do this. You know, because more and more, you, I mean, you know this, you know, as much as or better than I do, you know, every B2B business is looking for a different way and edge to reach, you know, their target audience. And podcasts are a great way to do that. But the challenge with you know, for B2B marketers, as for any other kind of podcaster, is it's super hard to measure what the effect is. And so uh, our partnership with Clearbit allows us to show exactly which companies are listening to your podcast. So if you're doing account-based marketing, or you're trying to reach a certain segment, it's a, you know, super interesting feature. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback on it so far. Still a lot of work to do, but, you know, that that was one feature in particular that came like directly from a customer request. That's great. I'm curious also, have you guys bootstrapped this or raised funding or how have you guys kind of gone the route with this? Yeah, we we started thinking that we would bootstrap. So we started the company in 2018 after we started that podcast. And we were um, running off our savings for a while. But that year was the year I was going to have my second child. And so we kind of had a decision to make whether we would continue to bootstrap it, uh, which would put us down a certain path, or whether we continue to raise or whether we decide to raise funding. And the more we got into the opportunity, we thought, you know, the, the opportunity in podcasting is just too big to bootstrap. You know, there's certainly a lot of great uh, bootstrap businesses in podcasting, uh, even on the software side, but we just see gigantic opportunity in podcasting and in audio. And so, you know, we found some investors that thought so too. And so we raised kind of two small seed rounds, one in uh, 2018 and one in 2019. That's amazing. And I'm curious, like, I guess just with speed to market on this, you know, from what I've seen in my research in the market, I'm not a pro on all the analytic solutions, but I've seen you guys as the leaders. I've had others in the space say, hey, we're Chartable. definitely the leaders. You're right. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I guess my question is, like, do you think you could have accomplished that without bootstrapping or or with if you had gone the bootstrap route? Or do you feel like funding is almost necessary to it would have been tougher? Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's certainly it would just would have been a different path for the company. I mean, I'm sure we would have still built, you know, in podcasting, we're having such a good time exploring the market. And like I said, we fell down the rabbit hole. Uh, and it's just, there's so many interesting problems to solve. But like, there are things that are easier to do when you have, you know, funding, like hiring a team. You know, we could do more than just like, you know, my co-founder and Harish and I, we, there's only so much that two guys can do. Or even this like partnership with Clearbit, like it costs us a little bit of money out of pocket, right? And of course, you know, we're hoping to make all that back and more by like selling the product. But it would have been out of the question if it was, you know, thousands of dollars like out of our pockets or even stuff like getting certified by the Internet Advertising Bureau for like measurement. It's expensive. Right. And like, I think it's been the, the right move for our business. And same with our like technology vendors. Like we use a 
fancy, expensive database called Snowflake, which like is absolutely worth it, but would have been a much tougher call. You know, every 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 time, every month we get our server bills, even in the early days, it was like pretty painful. And it's certainly, you know, we're paying a lot more for service now, but the business has grown so much that it's like, you know, it's a lot easier to to make it work. Yeah. And so what have been some of the hard parts um, along the journey of this? Like what's been the biggest challenges? Uh, a lot of challenges. I think we didn't, we were kind of more successful more quickly than I thought we would be, at least in terms of user adoption. And so we've set ourselves up to process just a ridiculous amount of data. Uh, right now we're processing, I mean, the last time we went there was something around 10 billion events per month. And that's uh, download requests, like advertising events, ad impressions, all kinds of stuff. But that's a lot of data. I don't know if it's like officially bid data. You know, I don't know if there's like a bid data certification that we would need to like actually be called bid data, but it certainly seems bid to me. Uh, and it was definitely bid when, you know, when we were kind of going through some growing pains and trying to keep everything running while we were also, you know, building, you know, version seven of the architecture, whatever version we're on now to handle all that data ingestion. We're in a, we're in a great place now, you know, where we could easily double the amount of data we're ingesting and, and it would just cost us money, but not like require a complete, you know, re-architecture. But um, there were some times last year where, you know, we were, you know, trying to change the tires on a moving car and um, failing <laughs> and like there are some sparks and, 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 you know, the cars, uh, you know, losing control, but we, we got through it, you know, and, you know, we're in a great place now, but that was like probably the toughest thing was just going through some like crazy data migrations and just trying to keep up with the, keep up with the amount of data coming in. Uh, it was, there were some really long nights. <laughs> I believe it. And, and I'm curious. So for you and your partner, are you guys technical backgrounds, business backgrounds? Like what's the dynamic there? And, and how do you guys kind of make that work as, as a business? Yeah. Leaders? We're both engineers, so you know we worked together at a company called Angelist, which is a big startup uh, job board and um, fundraising network. So we both worked together to build the first version of the product. Over time, you know, I'm technically the CEO, and you know, so I've just been kind of moving towards running more of the business side of things. But you know, I'm, not, I'm not like trained in it or anything. It's just uh, you know we got to split up, we got to split, divide and conquer the work that there is to do. Um, Harish has run like larger engineering teams that I has like I have uh, like his last company he he ran a big team so you know he's kind of better at it than I am and so I'll take what's left but yeah we you know we we've been uh through the trenches together you know both at Angelist and and here at Chartable so you know I'm grateful you know three and a half years into this company that we're still getting along great uh you know despite the challenges that we've been through and maybe because of them that like you know still get along great and are able to you know tackle the next challenges, uh, every day. That's great. And the question I have just, you know, for you being a, a leader in the space, uh, I will say, uh, what do you see as the future <laughs> of Foxtick? The leader, the, uh, okay, yeah, thanks. What, what do you see no, as I mean, the future? I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I, in my opinion, it's there. It's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what do you see as the future of podcasting? Where is this going? What trends do you see coming down the pipeline? In the B2B context or like in just kind of in general? I'd say yeah, maybe in general and also specifically in B2B, I'm intrigued at it as well. So yeah, in general, um, the big things I see are like kind of corporate consolidation is one of the big trends for better, for worse. Uh, everybody sees the opportunity in podcasting now and, you know, there are companies, you know, big corporate giants like Amazon, Spotify, SiriusXM, you know, Google, all investing heavily in podcasting. Apple has also finally been roused from their sort of benevolent and attention uh, to this medium. So everybody's kind of sensing that there's opportunity there. 
there have been big content deals, some large uh, technology deals as well. And I expect we'll just see a lot more of that. You know, iHeart is another player in that in that space where there's these just big companies, whether they're kind of radio companies or tech companies that are all saying, hey, there's this new, I mean, new in quotes, like podcasting, again, has been around for a long time. There's this opportunity in podcasting where there's just, you know, great audience growth, incredible engagement with the medium. And the ad market is, you know, compared to other media, really under monetized, right? There's a stat going around that it's like monetized at like a penny per minute of listener attention versus like over 10 cents for for radio and something like 50, 60 cents for TV, maybe more than that. And so, you know, there's a huge gap between where podcasting is and where, you know, its closest analog radio is. There's going to be a lot of money to be made <laughs> closing that gap. From a B2B standpoint, I expect every enterprise is going to have a podcast that they don't already. You know, we've done some research on this and seen thousands of new B2B podcasts created in the last few years. I expect that trend to continue. Like I said, everybody's looking for an edge. Uh, the first page of Google uh, for any query I can think of work-related now is completely uh, SEO'd uh, with content marketing. And it's just so challenging to break through that. And meanwhile, podcasting, at least so far, like you know, it'll change. The competition for keywords and for attention is not as fierce in the B2B context yet. I imagine they'll get more fierce. And uh, you know what we see with our our B2B partners so far is that you know even though the download numbers are small compared to like you know the number of like clicks or views on a blog post or something, it's not you know it's not quite the same. On average, listeners spend a lot of time with the podcast, whether it's half an hour, forty five minutes, depending on how long your episodes are. And so you compare that to how long people spend with the average blog post, and it's not even really apples to apples, right? Like there's just so much more time being spent with audio, and that's what the real opportunity is. Yeah, no, I love that. That's that's kind of what I that where I've been seeing is like podcasting is the new blogging. Um, I for think sure. for in the B two B space, and I think just people start to see it at that medium, and it, it's been interesting. We've seen companies are having to figure out these whole like enterprise podcast guidelines, like how do we like wrangle or handle this medium and stuff. And it's yeah. very much like the rise of social media in a sense because audio is like this totally new thing that people don't really know how to wrangle or manage in a lot of cases or how to do that at an enterprise level. Yeah. It's, it's just funny because again, it's just, you know, these things have been around forever and yet somehow all the, the wrangling has to happen now, 2021, we're working with a medium that's like more or less the same as it was in 2005. I, I expect that there'll be, you know, better standards and guidelines uh, going forward, best practices, et cetera. But really what we're going to see first is a lot of experimentation and a lot of companies just giving it a try, which is great. Yeah, I love that. So one of the things I always like to ask is, you know, if you could go back in time to your younger entrepreneurial self and go back five, 10 years, you know, what advice would you give that younger Dave who was in the earlier days of his, uh, his startup journey? Oh, man, so many things. I, I think the, the biggest one for me, if I uh, have moments of introspection, which I don't really get to have all that often these days, probably my fault, but so be it. Things just take longer than I want them to, pretty much always. And most of the big successes I've seen or been a part of, or even just observed, you know, like just looking at what happens in the press, like often, you know, there's everybody loves the story of the overnight success, but behind the overnight success is like years and years and years of toil and strife. That is not sexy and folks don't want to hear about that. But that's usually what's actually happening behind the scenes. And I think that I've just been deeply impatient with my career the whole time. And I've been, you know, working in tech for 
almost 20 years at this point. And, you know, I started building stuff on the internet when I was uh, in middle school, you know, so like you can still find like programming tutorials I wrote in like 1993 on the internet if you look hard enough. And please don't do that, uh, but you could. Uh, and I still find it hard to internalize, although I do, you know, have a little bit more patience for just how hard it is to make something great. And I wish I would have given myself a little bit more time. I feel like I like jump between ideas and, and, and didn't give ideas the time they needed to, to thrive. Looking at everything, you know, you know, looking at everything that's happened on the internet that I've had, you know, the opportunity to, to, to see over the last 20 years, like even the things that seem like super obvious transitions, for example, the transition from uh, print advertising to digital advertising happened like way later than I would have expected as an early adopter of the internet, right? It wasn't until the great recession that we really saw print and digital budgets like kind of swap places. Uh, and, you know, thinking about what's happening with podcasting now, it's like uh, a medium that's still the, for the first time this year crossing the $1 billion ad revenue mark. And that seems like so slow to me, right? Like, uh, come on, podcasting is huge. Everyone I know listens to podcasts all the time. But I know that if you just continue that trend line outward, it's going to be gigantic over the next, you know, five plus years. Uh, so I'm just going to, you know, keep working and, and and keep trying to make that happen as best as I can, you know, and give myself the time, give the industry the time uh, to make that happen. I love that. That is a, that is an incredible insight. I love the yeah, the print to digital shift, I think, is a really great parallel and just look at it and everyone just, I just remember like being in the early days of digital and just being like, what the heck is wrong with so many businesses who are still like doing it the old fashioned way? And it's just, it's crazy yeah. how long that the, the people will do it the old way. The transitions just take time. You know, like maybe you could argue that they're accelerating now, but it's still things move like both. I think there's a quote from Bill Gates, maybe who says we like overestimate what's going to happen in the next two years and underestimate what's going to happen in the, in the next 10 years, right? That we think that everything is going to happen like in the next, you know, this like kind of like very short term time frame. The shifts do happen. It's just like, it's just on a different time frame than our like, at least my like super impatient human brain <laughs> wants it to happen. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, as we wrap up, any other final words of wisdom for the, the audience or anything else there that you'd like to share? Well, uh, to all the B2B marketers out there, if you haven't thought about doing a podcast, you should definitely not just think about it, but give it a try, right? There's huge audiences who spend a lot of time in their podcast apps uh, every day. Everybody's looking for a great story and uh, everybody's looking to dive deep on something, which is something that podcasts are particularly great at, you know, as opposed to the kind of like quick hit. Twitter post or a blog post or even a YouTube video, you know, the average engagement on those is is a lot lower compared to podcasts. Podcasts are totally opt-in, meaning that nobody is like accidentally listening to a podcast, or if they are, I'd love to know how. And because they're opt-in, you have this kind of permission to to go deep on these things. And so it's a really special way to reach your audience. There's a reason why more and more advertisers are are buying ads on podcasts every year. Uh, and why more and more B2B marketers are starting podcasts every year. So, you haven't, so if you haven't tried it, you should think about it, and then you should do it. And then you should also be patient, uh, because uh, going back to my advice, uh, that first season that you do of your podcast, if you do decide to make one, it's probably not going to be exactly what you want it to be. You're going to have to figure out what it means for your brand and your company to do a podcast. But by season two, everyone's going to say you're a genius, because you're going to have time to figure out what works and connect with your audience. So... Don't be like me. Don't be impatient, <laughs> but you should give it a try. And uh, I appreciate everyone listening. Appreciate you having me on, Jake. It's it's nice to be able to chat about this stuff. 
It's phenomenal. And uh, final thing, if anyone wants to go find out more about you or Chartable online, where's the best place for them to go? Uh, best place is chartable.com. C-H-A-R-T-A-B-L-E. Not charitable, uh, but able to be charted, if you will. <laughs> All right. I like it. Uh, well, thank you for taking the time to come on here, Dave. Thanks, Jake. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leaders of B2B podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating. And as always, you can see more information about this episode and all the resources mentioned at leadersofb2b.com.